1: Have
0: you ever wondered what would happen if you actually did the thing you really wanted to do? We've got Mark Sparrow on the show today to tell us about his own experience with this. Mark set out to reach for a goal and not let fear stop him. He's a good friend of the show, and we had a great conversation about this very topic in Keep Your Dreams Alive, episode 50. I asked you on, Mark because we recently saw your one-man show, The Early Side of Late, in New York. I wanted to have a conversation with you about this adventure, about keeping your dreams alive. Welcome back to the show, Mark.
2: Well, thank you, Rochelle. It's so great to be back. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, you're so welcome. It's my pleasure. Is there anything you want to say to get started?
2: No, it's just, uh, I'm just glad to be with you today. Oh, good. Me too. Talking about this, yeah.
0: Okay, Mark, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you, you grew up?
2: Well, uh, believe it or not, an actor. Oh, I do believe it. Yes. Uh, and in third grade, it sort of hit me in third grade, because I, I think you know this person too, Mr. Kittleson. He used yes. to, to all the schools and stuff, and he taught us how to pantomime. And, <laughs> and I thought, oh, God, how can you be this? And then he said to me one day, Mark, when are you going to be an actor? And I'll never forget that he asked me that question. And I really realized that I did want to be. at oh that Oh, my age. gosh. Yeah.
0: I love that. I wasn't. He directed one of the plays I was in when I was in a, an Indian. We called him an Indian back in those days uh, in, of Peter Pan. So, yes, what a great, great director. A lot of fun. What's a random fact most people wouldn't know about you?
2: OK, well, here's one. I don't know if you know this, but okay. I Okay. PB Junior High reference. Okay. <laughs> I happened to uh, I happened to have the uh, I was the fastest miler in Ooh. and I had the mile record of in the school for PB Junior High.
0: Really? Now, I don't think I, I I knew that you ran at PB Junior High, but I didn't know that you were the fastest.
2: I held the record that was me
0: wow. oh you ha- even held the record
2: yeah i know i'm not sure it's probably been broken a lot since i was in you know school. Wow.
0: see this is i love this because you can you can learn stuff about people you yeah. already know so i much-
2: must have been running from something i'm not sure why.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now if a movie was made of your life yes who would play you and what would it be called
2: this was a this was a hard one there's so many different people that you think of, but I came to to a center on uh, Hugh Grant. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, I, And why
0: Hugh Grant? I gotta, I gotta go with the why. There's first. something
2: about his energy and his mm-hmm. little. Uh, there's something going a little slyness behind the 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 facade thing with him that I really like. Like he's got this other duality going on. Ooh. And I think I relate to that. And I, I do. Yeah, I think he could play me.
0: I, I agree. I totally agree. I, I wanted to know, would you expect him to have an American accent or
2: could he? Yeah. Yes, well, okay. no, you have to. do. American <laughs> yes, I would require that.
0: OK, that, that sounds fair. Now, what would it be called?
2: Well, here's the thing that I the, an answer that I don't know why I came up with it. But I, I think it would be called Never Gonna Dance. Oh, yeah. Okay. now, of
0: course, I got to ask why, because, I mean, you do like to dance and you've danced many times. We've danced many times together. So why never going to dance?
2: Well, because um, I think that's Fred Astaire sang that song in an old, old movie. Oh, okay. but it's all about hope. And even though it says he's never going to dance, what he's really saying is that he doesn't think he can. But uh, then he, he it leads him into realizing that he—it's like self-doubt into self-like oh realization, gosh. kind of thing.
0: Oh my gosh, he can actually can.
2: Absolutely, and he—he's sort of forlorn about not that it might not happen, but I—I oh I, I just think that that title makes it feel like even if you do feel that, that might not necessarily be the final outcome. Right. And I'm there's
0: whatever. a real hook in that title. There's a hook in that title.
2: Yes, that's the other thing. yes, because I, it's like really never gonna dance. It's immediately it's like what what does that mean? <laughs> how, you know I mean how how does that impl- how does that apply to me? Yes,
0: yes, there's so many questions that come with that title i I think that's profound and very meaningful. Thank you for giving that some good thought. <laughs> I really appreciate that. OK. <laughs> All right, Mark, a recent Broadway show that you saw and like because, of course, you live in New York and you have access to wonderful theater, you know, year round for the most part. Um, what's the recent show you saw and you liked?
2: Well, it, it was a show called Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, my gosh. Really? OK, tell oh, me about the, that. You know, the movie. Of course, and this this it, the reason I say this too is because it didn't get a lot of sort of critical acclaim, but I absolutely enjoyed it and mm. uh, loved the guy that played the lead, Rob mm. uh, McClure, who does all these amazing sort of quick changes and different characters. And I, I actually really hope he wins the Tony because it was just mm. such an incredible performance. Lots of great singing and dancing. It was a it was a really enjoyable show hmm okay did you ever I, see the movie oh i've seen the movie
0: many times definitely. you know uh when taylor was growing up that was one that she really liked to watch so yes i've def- definitely seen it many times and you know there's a part of me that just was like oh my gosh we're making another thing into a right. broadway show but the fact that you said it was fantastic it really gives it for me a lot more credibility.
2: Well, I hope it does well, and that maybe it'll go around the country, and you know, uh, be the kind of show that people can, you know, see in other cities. And uh, right, uh, it's and it's also funny, which I love to be able to, <laughs> you know, have that a part of it.
0: Oh, absolutely! And I I remember seeing School of Rock. Was that the name of it? School of Rock. Yeah. Yes, that was the movie with Jack black, black. <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna get my jack straight here <laughs> and I a bunch of people wanted to see it and I didn't really want to see it, but I was like okay you know you just kind of go with the crowd and I was so pleasantly surprised at how much I enjoyed it so the same kind of thing if that it's, was, if it's put the in the right thing. hands yes if it's put in the right hands it can be extremely well done and very entertaining and enjoyable
2: yes yeah and I I walked away just sort of thinking god it's nice when you you can these days, especially, to have that kind of entertainment and you walk out sort of feeling good about it.
0: Yes, you know? the that feel more, good.
2: Yeah, a little, an uplifting evening.
0: Yes, exactly. Now, what makes you laugh out loud?
2: Oh, God. Um, oh, I, yes, I, I, <laughs> I just remembered. <laughs> you know what makes me laugh out loud? Well, I just, you know... You do. So that's a good one. But also my, I didn't think of you today. I thought of my other friend, Craig, um, Craig uh, Zames. And when we go to dinner and we have these dinners where we'll, we'll go out and have like, you know, uh, drinks and hamburgers. And inevitably about midway through, I'm howling at the table, just from some really <laughs> stupid sort of funny Things and stories we tell each other, and then we get going, and we just start. You know, you get the giggles, and it's fun.
0: Oh, absolutely! I think some of. My, I mean, you are definitely a source of laughter for me, and I. I mean, I can track that all the way back to car rides. I mean, being in any and every situation, humor can be found and made if you are there. That's for sure.
2: Well, I remember all those things too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what are you most passionate about these days, Mark?
2: Well, I think it's singing. I mean, mm-hmm. I just uh just I've always sort of been passionate about it, but I, I've realized more and more as I've gotten older, even just how much I love it. Mm-hmm. How much I love making how much I love making music mm-hmm. and uh yeah and singing.
0: Wonderful. Well, that brings us to why specifically I asked you on the show for this episode because we did get to see your, your, your one man show, which I mentioned earlier, the early side of late, I wanted to have a conversation with you about this. Let's start with where did the idea come from?
2: Well, it's sort of a two, uh, two prong route. It's it's two people. One was my partner, Patrick. Okay. We sort of started this whole thing early on where he'd have me sing at like parties or, family gatherings and you know we started with maybe one two songs and by the time I knew it I was singing five songs <laughs> and he, he played the piano but I was like wow okay and then at the same time my voice teacher uh Derek Rosenblatt was like Mark uh, you really need to do a concert and I was uh, and the minute he said that I was like really and that was all it took. From then on, I thought, okay, I I guess I'm I've got to start building up from those five songs and keep going.
0: Wasn't it interesting the way that seeds get planted? Like they were almost they they really propelled you
2: forward. Absolutely. And I thought and it it almost felt like I was ready. That's the other thing. Is the the seeds were happening at the time when I think in my own mind I was contemplating the the idea of that right so it was when I heard it it just was like you know the light bulb went off Mm -hmm. and I thought okay here we go (laughs) I mean you know of course then there's all the other things that come with that which is the fear of getting of going moving forward and all you know but that's how that's where it sort of started
0: Okay. So those two people sort of planted some seeds. You went from one or two songs to about five in these uh, at home sort of uh, um, parties or what have you get togethers. So then how did it, so you decided, Oh my gosh, I guess I do need to do that. So then how did you keep sort of molding the clay or forming the thing?
2: Well, I, what I ended up doing is I, uh, you know, started talking about it with friends and I have, you know, a few friends that are involved in the business. And one of my dear friends, Monica knew a director Mm. who actually had, who was directs different cabarets. Ah. And so that he was someone that I went to quite early on who started helping me figure out, you know, repertoire and songs and adding Mm. and, trying to sort of mold it into something Mm -hmm. in addition at the same time there was another friend who's a wonderful piano player who ended up being the musical director for the show Mm -hmm. and his name's Michael DiBianco and he he started working with me on material as well so it was like that's where we started putting more songs together and trying to figure out a a, you know sort of a a through line
0: that you know what that is so wonderful that you paid attention to the seeds the nudge all of that and that you instantly knew okay I even though this is going to be a one person show I need to collaborate to get it to that point
2: absolutely i i didn't yeah i really wasn't sure what i was getting into but it was sort of like um when you say yes to something then all of a sudden the little things start Appearing in front of you, like, oh, okay, well, then I've got to try to work together with the with whoever this person is and see what how where that goes. And right. it just sort of kept on doing that. by the By the time the show was getting ready to almost happen, we had an incredible creative group of people, and it was and all you know. And Patrick also helped me with that as far as you know, getting musicians and ultimately getting that sort of part together.
0: Right. Originally, you were going to have the piano player, but then Patrick said, no, let's make this a a little richer. And then he invited, uh, what was it? Uh, What were the different instruments?
2: We got um, a bass player um, who also played guitar and and then a flute and sax player and then a drummer. Hmm. So it did add all those different colors, which was, you know, to be able to sing with that was was really inspiring to hear that those different sounds and and yeah i but it was i have a picture of all of us like on our uh, we did like a almost like a dress rehearsal but it was really just like a run through of all the music and i took this picture and it, all of us together it was mm-hmm. like ah oh, yes this is like the team you know this is how how it happened all, all of us doing putting it together
0: and how to, can I ask you how you selected songs? I mean, obviously, you, you chose songs that were maybe a little challenging or you liked some of what they had to say, but how did you flesh that part of it out?
2: Well, and initially, it was working just with material that I kind of knew, but then Michael Shirelli, the director, started throwing other songs out at me that, to see if I liked them, but also to see if they fit into the puzzle. Mm. what the message of the show started evolving into. And I think you remember, like in the beginning, I was I, I thought the show was going to be about rainbows or something. <laughs> like, but, yeah. I kept waiting. It, Where are the rainbows? It's not over. It's
0: not the over until she totally sees about the rainbows. <laughs>
2: yeah. No, the rainbows completely disappeared, like right almost off. And then it, it turned into this thing more about dreams and more about mm. um fulfilling those dreams and and how you know it's it's never too late to do to fill fulfill your dreams. So mm-hmm. that those those sort of became the the themes of what the other songs sort of had to you know tell the story and sort of add to the story as you as we went along.
0: I was going to ask you about that the general message. You you went in thinking it was one thing. You collaborated, and it yeah. ended up being maybe. Um, I don't know if it's, I don't want to say it's a better message, but it just felt, it felt maybe more aligned with where you were at.
2: Yes. And it, what I learned from that <laughs> is that it, it wasn't about a song because there was this song that I was, I had sang recently called the rainbow connection. And I thought <laughs> that everything was going to you know come from that, but it came more from a, an, an idea and a, uh, of about me and my life and what some of those, uh, you know, elements were that sort of added up to this moment as, as opposed to a song. It was more like, let's do the theme and then put the, the material around mm. that. You know? so that's, how it, that's how it built.
0: So you really enjoyed the collaborative part of the one-man show because it ended up being actually more than you could have hoped for or imagined just you yourself.
2: Yes, I was, I actually was shocked. <laughs> I, I really i was shocked by the every turn of this thing but it it was fun that was the uh, other is that getting all that creative energy going and then having other people's input and and especially you know the the, the musical director um there two michaels both and the director they it was just like yeah it that whole It was like playing, you know, you know, it was that that feeling of when you're a kid and you're just sort of coming up with ideas about things and then trying to see how to how to make that happen. And, yeah, it was just I I really did enjoy the rehearsal process. I really did.
0: Oh, that's nice, because that's where you're really putting in the blood, sweat and tears to really make it what it's going to be
2: absolutely
0: and a lot gets decided maybe discarded added in fleshed out all of that
2: totally and um it you know and then there you know the whole idea of just having to learn material and that uh, you know to me was probably the most challenging part was the songs you know i, I felt like I could learn the songs but then all the the, the uh, dialogue that goes in in the uh, between the songs yeah. and around the songs to make the show sort of move along. That was the part that I was like thinking, Oh, I hope <laughs> I can do this. You know, I was, cause I'd never, it, I never had learned that much dialogue, you know, and, and, and I wasn't sure, I wasn't sure I could do it.
0: Well, you did it and I could, I could have even had more dialogue, not that I'm trying to, you know,
2: uh-huh. you know,
0: press that issue. Uh, there's something, there's something in us. We love stories. Yes. And, you know, I think that that's one of the reasons you and I like musicals so much is that it tells a story. We're not, I mean, I, I go to concerts too. I'm not trying to minimize concerts, but that's music. And and maybe there's a story within a song or a thread of stories within a, a bunch of songs, Yeah. but there's something about, Pairing that with a good story that is so compelling.
2: Well, that's true. And that's another part of the whole creative process I just remembered, which is that Michael, the director, started asking me to tell him stories about Oh, okay. So I started little bits and pieces of information about my life. And I I would just say, oh, yeah, I had this job where I did this crazy thing. Or I, you know, this is... the relationship that i had with you know heather McRae, who sang in the show as well right like what was the, so though there were, he was asking me all of these stories and then i would mm. tell him the stories and then he would like edit the story oh my gosh and and so he would sort of distill it down to a you know a chunk of dialogue and then i would have to memorize that dialogue mm.
0: so
2: the the you know, the challenge of that is to make it sound like you're just sort of talking (laughs) (laughs) yeah. (laughs) and you're not trying to say the word specifically on the, from the page, but um, it actually ended up being much more fun than I thought that part, because the audience would react. Ah. And then I would sort of be like, Oh, well, this is more like a conversation. (laughs) You know, instead of like a monologue, it was more like, oh, I could tell that the audience was responding to something and then I could sort of keep going with it.
0: Right, right. And I was going to ask you, so most of all of your people were there, most of them. I mean, because you can never get 100%. It just isn't possible. How was that for you to know that you're now going to go up there more or less by yourself. This is a one man show. Yes, you had a lot of collaboration. You've got people playing music, you've got all these people in the audience that love you. But how was that for you?
2: It probably was the greatest part of it all was get oh. the feel the feeling of that when you have people that know you and love you or it it's this it's like this warm mm. you know uh blanket you know which is just comes over you and it and it you you feel the 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 love really is what it is it's about mm-hmm. you know and you and i know that probably many times you know when you perform in other situations it, it wouldn't be exactly like that but like what you're saying people that i know
0: mm-hmm.
2: they're it's like they're there and it's like it's like it's it's a party. It's a, it's a feeling of of family, you know, like we're all in this together kind of a feeling. Right. And so it really makes you feel it builds your confidence in a way. That's so wonderful. Have that, that kind of a vibe coming at you.
0: And isn't that interesting that energy really is something you can feel.
2: Oh, yes, absolutely. How
0: you felt that that love and support and encouragement in the room, how you could feel that. I, I find that so that, fascinating.
2: Well, it, it's interesting, too, because when you're like, I didn't know this because I'd never really been at this club or saying, but I couldn't see anything. The only mm. person I could see was you. <laughs> Did you, you were in the front. And the lights, for some reason, you were in the center. So the, there was all these other lights coming from other angles. <laughs> I couldn't see anybody. Else. So thank goodness it was you that was right there. But, the, you know, so when you can't see anybody, you you have this other, your other senses kick in. Well, you can hear them, right? Mm-hmm. But And so hearing them is a big clue of how you end up getting that that feeling too, you know, it's sort of like hearing the hearing people's laughter or their voices or applause or whatever that is uh, combined, it sort of forms this mm. tangible uh feeling that you know you get when you're because you can't really see it. Or I I couldn't see it. Right. I so you have to you're like you kind of you it's like you your other senses become <laughs> heightened.
0: Oh, I, I think that's such an interesting way of putting it. And I'm I'm glad if being able to see me was a, a good thing for you and not. Oh, it a was because
2: thing. we go so far back with like writing our songs when we were in, you know, junior high and and you're you're such a supportive uh person and you're you know, you just to have you there felt like it did with having, you know, the larger room, but you you were like the microcosm, <laughs> you know, of a person who I, I didn't have to be, I didn't have to feel, you know, like I was being judged so much as just we were going to have mm-hmm. a great evening together, you know. Absolutely.
0: And it was a great evening. So what about the name, Mark, the early si- side of late? Where did that come from?
2: Well, that actually is attributed to uh, my musical director, who uh, Patrick and I are friends with. And he was up here in Connecticut. We were sitting around one night just uh, having uh, drinks and and, uh, appetizers and something. And we had he just we started throwing around names. And he said, well, you know, maybe it could be something like the early side of late, a cocktail napkin song. (laughs) And I went, whoa, well, that's quite a title. And and all of a sudden we said, wait a minute. If we get rid of a cocktail napkin song cycle, we've got the early side of late. And everyone was like, ooh, what's that? That's like, you know, never going to dance. You know, what does that mean?
0: Yes. Right? Yes.
2: And so it, like you had mentioned about a hook or a, a question of like, well, how do, how do you, how do you answer that? You know? Right.
0: Yes. It's so intriguing. It's So intriguing.
2: Yes. And I actually said that in the show. I said at the very end, I think I said, you know, it was great. We all loved it. But, you know, every time we said it to somebody, nobody knew what it meant, you know? And so it was trying to me also, it was me trying to figure out what it meant to me. Right. And everybody else could decide, you know, too. Yes. Show, right. Yes. It's yeah. one
0: you can kind of think about for a while, you know?
2: Yes. You could ponder.
0: Ponder. You know how I love to ponder. You <laughs> love to ponder. So is this a one and done or what's going on now?
2: Well, it, it actually, I don't think it is. Oh, because good. What's ended up happening is. I it's almost like it was the you know jumping off you know or into the deep end of a pool and now realizing that I really want to sw- swim <laughs> you know you know like I want to keep going um so we you know we we're talking about a couple different places here in Connecticut looking at a couple venues and possibly you know believe it or not we're thinking even to take it to Palm Springs Ooh. which would be so awesome because of people like we know in San Diego and Los right. Angeles and it would be kind of a, a kind of a halfway oh, for, for both the LA and
0: San Diego people and listeners sure. be reminded that Mark is from San Diego. He lived in Los Angeles for a time. He, he lives in New York and then he also has a place in Connecticut. So he's, he's that, kind of all over the place, which is that's wonderful. true.
2: And I actually, these days, I know a lot of people that used to live in all these places that live in Palm Springs now, even.
1: Mm-hmm. Like they ended up
2: either retiring there or having a house there or something so it and uh it just seems like it's a a possible uh uh stop on the on the on the tour side, on the early side of late tour
0: i love it, I love it. <laughs> hey i'm gonna go to all of them just give me enough notice
2: oh god well i would love yes well i'd love it if you know to see you at this one especially out west that would be It would, yeah, just be like another great fun night. I hope.
0: Yes. So, what did you learn doing this, Mark?
2: Well, gosh, I think, uh, I think I learned that I could. uh, Well, let's see. I I think I learned that I can do more than I think I can.
1: Ah, Yes.
2: You know, there's a part of. There's always these like for me, even as somebody, you know. Who's been an actor or a singer? Or I there's always these two voices going on, which is one telling you, "Oh yeah, you could do that, sure," and then there's this other little mean voice on the other shoulder, which is saying, "What are you thinking? There's no way you can do that." <laughs> so I learned to sort of manage that a little bit more and keep the up uh, that that you know the devilish person right. a, a little more subdued and quiet, and to just push through. The fear. And, oh, yes. Yeah. And then oh. ultimately the fear. Oh, if you can, this is, this is a one that I know I learned. If I can push through the fear, then you get these sort of amazing rewards. Oh, you know, there's, there's this, this feel, you know, it's all sorts of sort of things that happen. I think if you were able to push yourself through yes. what you, you, where you usually stop yourself.
0: Right. And never do it because you're too afraid.
2: Yes, and I, I just kept telling myself that even though I, I had that fear, I just had to keep going and and to see where it, what happened and mm-hmm. uh, and you know just the like you know my family being there and you and so many of my friends and this feeling of accomplishment
0: mm-hmm.
2: after being able to sort of walk through you know all that. Uh, the trepidation. It was like a, I don't know. It just was, it was exhilarating.
0: Yes. Victorious, triumphant, all of those great words that talk about conquering something. And And it did end up going very well. And it did exceed all your expectations. I think that if it had gone differently, you would have pivoted, learned something and and moved in a maybe a slightly different direction. In other words, I, I'm yeah. so glad you did it
2: me that too. you didn't
0: let the fear stop you.
2: That's I, me too, Rochelle. And I, uh, my my voice teacher said to me at one point. I think it was a couple days before the show. He said, "Mark, this is your first co- concert that you're going to do. You've got to start with some somewhere. Yeah, you, know, you have to have a first. So." I was like, oh, that's right. So, you know, it's like that made me realize that it maybe it was the first of of a, of a, of, I could keep going. Yes. And that whatever that first was, however it turned out, yes. would be the thing that I could build from. Even Absolutely. if it was a complete disaster, I, I would be like, oh, yeah, well, that happened and that happened. And I have to learn what, how to, Navigate, navigate around that.
0: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It was a. There was a no. There was it was a no lose proposition because even if you'd done it and like you said, it's something it hadn't quite gone this way or that way or whatever, you would have just tweaked it, pivoted, and kept moving forward. That's the point.
2: Yeah, I know it's a bit weird how we think somehow we're just gonna when we try these things that we're just gonna completely freak out. <laughs> <laughs> lose consciousness or something and you know they'll have to carry us out in a stretcher and you know but it's weird because you don't it, you you're you kick into it well at least I felt that night I kicked into this other mode of like I I had I was well prepared you know I'd rehearsed it I kind of went into this oh yeah I know this yeah I know this and it 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 yeah so it wasn't like a total like page it was something that i had been working on right
0: well i'm i'm thrilled thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about this uh, i i wanted to really celebrate the accomplishment and all of the the hard work and you know keeping your dreams alive which is was your episode that we talked about you know more than a year ago um how you had a nudge to do something and and you took that creativity, that the thing that was gonna sort of burst if you didn't do something about it and you paid attention to it?
2: Well, <clears throat> thanks for acknowledging that, Rochelle. I, I i think, you know, at the very end of the show, um, there's a, there was a song called, It's Never Too Late to Dream. And I do really believe that, that whatever it is you wanna do uh, in life, uh, whatever that dream is, it, right. you can somehow keep it alive. Like yes. we talked before, that that really can bring you a lot of joy, if it's possible, right? And uh, you know, you've been, you know, so supportive all through the years. And I, when I think back, you were always the one that just nudged me a little more, like, "Yeah, you can <laughs> do that. Go for it." You know, when you you know you asked me to do you know MC the dance show at Mission Bay High School, and I was like, <laughs> you know, stuff like that which I totally love. I didn't didn't know I, I didn't know I could do it or, you know, how it would turn out. Yes.
0: Well, I think it, it is so important to have those people in your life that do believe in you and can give you a little nudge or some encouragement or positive words or be there no matter how it turns out. And then you pick yourself up, dust yourself off and Start all over again as the song goes. That's right. So thank you for coming on the show today and for sharing with us about how to go for it and do the thing because you just never know, no matter how it turns out, it's like you said, the first one. It's a place to start. Thank you for that. I'm so proud of you. I can't wait for uh the the next um the next iteration of the show. I I would like to continue to come and support.
2: Well, thank you so much, Rochelle. It's Great to talk to you today. Great to
0: talk to you too. I love you. And thank you for being you.
2: Love you too. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: Really, what's the worst thing that could happen if you went for your dreams? On the one hand, it might not come to fruition the way you imagine. Maybe it even fails. Is that really so bad? I bet you'd learn a bunch on the way and then maybe decide to pivot. On the other hand, what if it succeeds and becomes more than you could hope for or imagine? What about that? Mark makes some excellent points about keeping your dreams alive. I hope you feel encouraged to pursue yours. And if we can help in any way, please let us know.
1: The Unabashed You website has a page for each guest filled with photos, quotes, and a blog with embedded audio at unabashedyou.com. You can find the show on other podcast platforms. Want to lend your support and encouragement? We invite you to subscribe, follow, rate, review, and share. On Instagram and Facebook, you can find us under Unabashed You. If you want to connect, the email is unabashedyou at gmail.com for questions, comments, and anything else. If you want to be part of our weekly emailing list highlighting the week's episode, give us a shout. We'd be happy to add you, and your info will never be shared. Website visits, social media, and word of mouth in sharing these episodes makes us discoverable, so thanks for your support there. We want these conversations to help you think, celebrate who you are, and move you in some way. Be encouraged as you continue to listen, read, and be inspired.
0: And now our prayer. God is eagerly waiting for the chance to answer your prayers and fulfill your dreams, just as he always has. But he can't if you don't pray, and he can't if you don't dream. In short, he can't if you don't believe. Amen. And that is by Jeffrey R. Holland. And I certainly am not going to tell you that it always goes the way you want it to. It's a big, fat mystery to me. Now you know the charge, go be unabashed, be you. (laughs)